0: Hey hey everyone, I'm here with Harry Steer himself and I don't usually go straight for the name but I just felt like going straight for the name today because Haz and I were talking for about 20 minutes beforehand and we've been talking for years beforehand. Now if you don't know Haz, um, I don't know anyone who works harder, who builds more skills and is more talented has This dude is a force of nature, and I really do mean it. Um, has is big on, on brand, on, on telling stories. Um, he, he's an artist. He's an actor. He's a creator. He's an entrepreneur. He's a real mover and shaker. He's a mover and lover of people. Um, he's done some incredible, incredible work at his old organization, um, Burn Bright. Did some amazing things, had huge impact, and now he's recently jumped across to this awesome new job in this uh, in this is it is it like what what is it what is it, invest invest what is it investing has?
1: Yeah, it's early stage venture capital, so investing in startups that are young and hungry.
0: Yeah, so that that one in particular. And what I would say about Has is watch out world, Has is coming and he's coming in hot. Harry, welcome to the podcast, my friend.
1: Hot damn. All <laughs> right. What an intro, man. <laughs> Jeez. I'm just going to, I'm going to transcribe that and make that my like LinkedIn bio. <laughs> 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 Mover and shaker, creator, uh, entrepreneur at heart, force of nature. Damn, I'm going to get LinkedIn gold. Straight yeah. away, they're gonna give it to me. You can get, but you can put it
0: in quote unquote, quote unquote. Uh, you named know, it, you know, it was quote said unquote. by someone, <laughs> yeah.
1: quoted on leading podcast, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> nah, stoked to be here, man. Yeah, we, we go way back, so it's cool. I've seen you, um, I've been following closely the potty ever since it started, and um, dude, just absolutely psyched to see what you've been doing with it and how consistent you've been and how much you've been loving it and so it's like really cool to be here
0: yo yo thank you thank you so much harry and honestly man it is a real honor to have you on the show i really appreciate you coming on and just having a chat um to give a bit of context has and i are always having deep basic um podcast chats and um this is probably the first time we're recording one of those chats, so it's yeah, it's it kind is, of yeah. just like, we're kind of just going from there. Has hey, <laughs>
1: I might have a voice memo on my phone somewhere from like 2016 potentially, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yes, so yeah. it's like the, the other time that we recorded it, but other than that, yeah, this is the first time we recorded one, I think. So, yeah. it's how exciting! You, I
0: I have a question, and this is kind of um this is kind of my opening question, right, Harry? What is wisdom to you
1: what is wisdom to me oh damn coming in with a big one no i got nothing i'm out see you later <laughs> uh, I... <laughs> no what is wisdom to me um you know it's interesting i often think of things through stories um and you kind of mentioned that before but i think it, it just comes back to me being like a massive film buff growing up it's like i always process things through stories and when I think of wisdom, I think of like the, you know, like the guide in a movie, um, like the Obi-Wan who's like, I've been there before and here is, here is what you should do. Um, but then on the flip side of that, there's this like other wisdom where it's like the, the young, dumb and broke character who's like, nah, something's telling me to go another way and just following that gut. So, I think if you kind of take like the common thread that runs between them, I believe that wisdom is being aware of the path that you're being pushed towards and making your own decision about whether you move that way or move against it.
0: Wow. So, so there's an element of, of there is kind of a path that we kind of know. And then there's the element of the decision. Has Could you, could you speak to um, that decision side of things? Because sometimes it can be kind of scary. You kind of know your path, um, but it's hard to kind of go with the decision. How does one make that, that decision to go on the path?
1: Um, with lots of pain and angst. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but actually though, it's like the two ways you either make the decision is you like you think about it so much to the point where you can't not make the decision um, or you do it so fast that you never even thought about it in the first place. Um, and it tends to always be one of the two. Like I don't I don't think I've ever made a measured decision about my future in a way that has been like, a level headed discussion and yes, this is the right thing for me and now I've made that decision and I don't have to think about it anymore. Like I don't think a time has ever come, um, you know, in my short time frame of being alive, where that's that's what's transgressed. It's always been like I've either jumped headfirst into something and not even realized I was in it until I've hit the floor. Or I have thought about this potentially for a long time and it's running circles in my head and then eventually it's like I know that I have to do it and it's just about following through whether that's, you know, and a lot of the time if it's one of the ones you have to think about a lot following through is really hard.
0: Oh, wow, wow, wow. So so just to summarize the, um, there's the one where it's kind of been in your head for a while and then eventually you know and you, you jump it and it's kind of a difficult follow through and there's one where you just jumping in head first um, without it um has that's um what i'd like to kind of ask and kind of um, uncover is what is it that allows us to just kind of jump in jump in head first and and like what yeah like what is it what is it that kind of holds us back from doing that and what allows us to jump in
1: yeah um, great question uh, y- you know what this is actually um, yeah, you mentioned before, like uh, marketing is kind of what I, is like, it's my day job. Um, and the interesting part about it is like marketing is just constantly trying to answer that question. It's like <laughs> what makes someone jump into something head first. Um, and usually it boils down to a couple of different things. And like one of them, you know, I think there's, depending on the situation, there's always different approaches, but it's like, Sometimes you jump headfirst into something because it's so good that you can't even consider an alternative. Um, sometimes you jump headfirst into something because the situation and the environment around you has like pre-framed it in such a way that it, there's no downside to jumping in headfirst. Um, when I was – a couple of years ago, I started a skate company with one of my best mates. Just We were just selling skate – like, designing and selling skateboards. And this was something that, like, when we had the idea, we were like, oh, we should start a skateboard company. Pretty sure we were just, like, at our local skate park like we had been every other day that summer. Um, and we were like, yeah, we should do that thing. And because we were surrounded by a community of skaters who were all, like, super chill – great community great people um i grew up with two entrepreneurs for parents uh, and at the time i was really motivated to do something creative in line with my passions and there was so much media especially on like the feeds that you know i subscribe to across my social media that was like make your passion your make your passion your job you'll never work a day in your life um which you know i've come to realize is like not quite real but point being is the, the the situation meant that like leading up to the decision making point there was no real downside there was no downside that felt real to me at the time so when it came up I was like yeah hell yeah like no brainer
0: wow so that's really interesting because it seems as though the key there is is stripping away um stripping away kind of downsides, having having that no-brainer. Um, Harry, I think one one kind of thing that, you know, I get caught up in, we all kind of get caught up in, is kind of um, a fear of failure. It seems like that is the ultimate down or a fear of judgment. Harry, how would one go about stripping away um, the fear of failure or stripping away that judgment sort of thing to get those no-brainer right. and go after it?
1: I wouldn't know. I've always succeeded, so I've never been afraid of failure. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> no. Dude, I've fallen on my face so many times it's a wonder my nose is intact. Um, I I think, yeah, you know, how do you... So your question is, like, how do you get rid of that fear or overcome that fear of failure?
0: Yeah, or or even just what what's the go there?
1: Look, I mean, I don't know. Um... And that's something I think at the moment in particular, being in like a lot more new environments than I've been in previously, I'm really staring down the barrel of a lot. And that's like a conscious decision. One thing I have noticed, whether this, this is really an answer or a solution, um, or it's just something I've noticed about myself, I'm really not sure. But lately I've been faced with a bunch of situations where I have been petrified and, um, and predominantly petrified of looking like an idiot in front of people who don't know me that well, right? Like that's the prime situation. Here's someone I want to impress, someone I respect, someone who I know is probably going to see a lot more of me <laughs> in, the, in the next coming weeks. Cause like they're a new, you know, they're an investor in our company or they're a co-worker of mine who I've just met. And it's like, I'm faced with a situation where I really don't want them to think that I'm an idiot or that I'm a failure straight off the bat because I don't want that first impression. And, yeah, staring down the barrel of that and then, like, figuring out how I'm going to act, one thing I've noticed is as soon as I divorced the thinking from my actions and instead of being, like, I'm, th- I'm thinking this, I'm afraid and I'm worried and I don't want to look like an idiot. It's like all these thoughts running through my head. And as soon as I be like, cool, those thoughts are there and I'm just going to do whatever it was that I was going to do anyway, even if at times that's a conscious choice to do it, it doesn't feel as natural as it could. Um, going ahead and doing those things has made a huge difference in me feeling like I can still fit in uh, with the people you know, around me, and the irony is, yeah. But I mean, the less you think about it, the easier it gets. Um, so, yeah, I think divorcing thinking and action has been something that's been helpful that I've noticed for me. How do you do that? I uh, that one I don't know. <laughs> that one I don't know. Yeah. Be neurotic, maybe.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I really love that um observation of divorcing uh, thinking with action. Just makes it really simple. Has on a kind of on a on a similar but kind of different note. I just want to ask, and it's a pretty broad question, but what is marketing and branding like? What's what's the go with all that?
1: What is marketing and branding? Well, I'm <laughs> glad you asked. I uh, marketing and branding. Firstly. To be clear, these are two different things. Branding fits within marketing. So, like, marketing is this, this big, chunky thing, and it's a word that gets thrown around in businesses all of the time. Um, and because of that, it's, you know, saying marketing is the same as saying strategy. Like, it could mean pretty much anything you want it to mean. Um, but marketing itself as a concept and as a function and as a practice that people do, It's actually really simple and it's it's in the word. It's staring you in the face. It's taking something to market. Um, Like Marketing is, for example, I have a product. Maybe it's soap. Um, I sell soap and then you're like, okay, I need to take this to the market. But if I'm just going to go to the market and say, hey, I sell soap, that might have worked in the 1600s when you're the only person in your town making soap. Right now, there's so much shit going on. And if you say, hey, I sell soap, you're just going to get missed. And then you're not going to make any money. So marketing is the one that comes in and says, we're going to take this to the market in a way that's going to be successful. We need to slap some parameters on this. We need to dress it up a certain way. We need to speak to certain people. And we need to make connections. So that's when, like, from a soap company. And I need to take that soap to market, then I need to figure out, okay, for me, and usually this is where like the founder connection comes in with the business is like whoever founds the company usually has quite a strong connection with the audience because it's how they know how to communicate naturally, but it can be anything. But um, yeah, instead of just going to market and saying, I have soap, I'm actually going to say, I'm going to approach a market that is predominantly aimed at young men. And I'm going to position this soap as like a, it's a bit sarcastic. It's a bit witty. You know, I'm going to give it some character. I'm going to give it a character that maybe feels a bit more natural to them. And you know, if young men are our audience, what are they currently thinking about soap? Well, young men probably don't think too much about it at all. They just grab whatever looks, like whatever sticks out in the aisle and whatever does the job and so you're like, well, if I want my soap to succeed, I need it to speak to a certain subset of young men. Let's go with young men who are active, but care about how they look. So then I'm going to make sure that the bottle that the soap comes in looks really good. I'm going to make sure that when there's a message on it, it speaks to some form of activity. It says, Hey, like, I actually, you know, this is where this example is coming from. It's like, I have a bottle of a bottle of soap in my shower, <laughs> and on it, it says, uh, You can always clean up your act. And <laughs> I, I saw that there, and I was like, I really like that. Like, I don't, I don't know anything about what this, if this soap is even good for me or not, but it's like, You could always clean up your act. And it was a really minimal bottle, and it was cheap. And it was like, you know, it wasn't the cheapest, but it was not definitely not the most expensive and so yeah marketing is like it's obviously a lot it's a lot larger than it used to be but it's effectively what levers can we pull and what connections can we make so that when we take something to market the market responds
0: wow that's a really awesome uh, description really it feels so much uh, more simple and and scientific
1: I feel like I ran a little bit. And then brand, how brand, I just realized I didn't even cover this at all, but how brand fits into that is um, your brand is the, like you don't have one brand. You have about a, a million. You have as many times that someone interacts with you, a new brand is created in that person's mind. The imprint that's left behind of all of your efforts <laughs> and, and whatever, like however their day was going when they first read it. So if you're like from from the person who's in the marketing world and is taking this product or this service to market, your job is to create a character and your job is to create a character that when someone interacts with it, leaves a good first impression. And that first impression is the brand, the same way that you'd, you know, brand the horse. Like it's. Not that I can do that, I don't know if that even still happens, probably does, but <laughs> you know it's an imprint left behind
0: mm mm-hmm. so it's like an impact in a way, yeah, exactly, yeah yeah, I think what's um really profound about that description of of marketing and and branding is it's kind of like communication and impact and and in that in that way, it kind of leads me to um finally enough like leadership and like influence and I was wondering if you could speak to like what is leadership to you and and what's the kind of the go there?
1: Dude, they're actually one and the same. They're completely one and the same. I'd say the only difference is marketing often takes the lens of um, and this is just by the nature of how businesses operate. And This is why startups um, actually tend and personal brands tend to not do this. But marketing often takes the lens of I'm gonna start with the audience and work my way back to the product. And and leadership is just when you flip that on its head. I'm gonna start with me, figure out who I am, what I stand for, and then I'm gonna map out and and act out how who I am influences others. Um so you know, at my time of Burn Bright, the Burn Bright definition of leadership, which I cannot fault. I think it's flawless is leadership is the ability to influence the way in which others think and behave. And that's exactly what it is. It's like it's influence. And so who you are, whether you're trying to influence someone or not, who you are and how you act in any given situation is leaving an imprint. Um, The only difference between marketing and leadership is, yeah, marketing starts with the audience and says, how can I cater to them? Leadership starts with you and says, how can I be true to me so that my influence on others is not something that is undue or is causing a negative impact?
0: Wow. Oh, that's, that's, that's an, to be honest, that's uh, something that really excites me, that whole connection and understanding there. Um, What I would ask, has is that how do we, how do we have positive impacts on people? How do we lead, how do we become leaders we have positive impacts, and how can we, as companies or or marketers or branders, um, have a positive impact on a human?
1: Great question. Um, over the weekend, I was at this thing called the Festival of Dangerous Ideas, and it was awesome. It's like a it's run by the Ethics Center and here in Sydney, and it was um, it's effectively a festival about tackling difficult to talk about concepts and having open forums where no one is no one is judged or criticized and and you know ideas and opinions no matter where they fall on the spectrum of um, you know or, or like on a political spectrum or on a spectrum of controversial to whatever the opposite of controversial is uh, <laughs> but <laughs> um, it was about encouraging these ideas and one of the things that I had was called um, the circle of chairs so like 12 chairs in the middle of a room and there's benches all around it where people can watch and four of the chairs are taken up by leading philosophers from universities all across Australia and the other eight chairs are left open for anyone to jump into and join the conversation um and at one point in time one of the chairs freed up and i plucked up the courage and very nervously went and sat down in one of the chairs um, and as i was there the conversation had evolved through talking your, like speaking your mind publicly to talking about bullying to talking about the difference between cyberbullying and bullying in person and then you know that conversation stems back to this idea of personal accountability responsibility and intention and um one thing i said there which i'd been thinking about for a couple of days just kind of serendipitous that that they came together was i don't think anyone's bad like i don't think anyone is inherently a bad person i don't think anyone wakes up and says today i'm going to light the world on fire I mean, maybe they say that in like a positive way. Uh, You know, they're like listening in the (laughs) the hall, and I was in the shower and shit. shit. But um, I don't think anyone is like today. I'm going to be a terrible person. I think that you're either you're either have a a worldview that is conflicting, and so you are acting sincerely into what you think is a good intention, but it's actually having a harmful effect on someone, uh, or or you are hurting real bad and because you're hurting and you don't know how to process it, you're lashing out. And so I think when you talk about having good intentions and having a good effect on people, or having a positive impact on people, I think it actually comes back to the foundations. It's just knowing who you are. Like know who you are, have the – take time to reflect and think about these things around what are my values and like what, what do I stand for and who is my character? And then use that stuff to develop this personal awareness around actually knowing when you're acting inside those things for yourself and when you're not acting inside those things. Um, and I think that's the interesting part is like, when you can personally recognize even like doesn't have to be like always on can never get mad type of thing but it's like if you can half an hour after you have just yelled at someone be like yeah i was a bit of a dick there that that's kind of on me even if it's like maybe you felt justified but for you to be like you know what i had the right intentions but i just hurt someone in the way i expressed it So if you're aware of that then that's going to lead to an awareness of the world around you as well and i think you know you do those two things if you're aware of yourself you're aware of what drives you, what matters to you, that kickstarts the healing process if you're hurting. And then knowing... My voice just broke for the first time in four years. And knowing knowing the world around you and having awareness of the world around you is going to mean that you are going to have a very, like, in touch with reality view on what's right and wrong for the people around you as well. And so I think, yeah, having positive impact, I mean... By my line of argument here is almost just avoiding having negative impact. <laughs> <laughs> wow. but it's like start by avoiding negative impact and then work your way in the positive impact, right? And like it's simple things like say hi to people, um, even if it's awkward. Like say hi, hi, my name's Harry. How are you? And like um, small things like that go far, like much farther than you might realize.
0: Wow. What I love about that perspective has is that it kind of takes the burden off. Um, it kind of takes the burden off doing like massive, big, big, big things. And I, what I love is about it is that like it almost the implication there is that the deeper you understand yourself, the better force you'll be in the world. The more kind of benevolent of a force you'll be in the world. And I love how it's uh, that kind of um, do no harm, and that's that's kind of like the pathway to eventually doing good or being good. And I really love that. But I guess, it has my, my, um my next
1: question? I have a question for you, Jacob. Oh, yeah. If that's yeah.
0: right. Oh, no, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> sorry I'm yeah. going off book here. Um, well, I have a question for you is that you strike me and have done so for a long time as someone who is very motivated to find equilibrium, to find balance and to live a life in a way that's like In a way that is intentional and in a way that prioritizes your well-being and your connections and the things you believe over um, more material things or over more, you know, over a reputation, uh, so to speak. I guess my question to you is, is that something that has always come natural and it's like as you've grown up and evolved, you feel like you're hitting your stride? Or is that something that was a decision you made at a certain point in time?
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I would say that um, I've had to work on it. I've had to work on it every day, and I think um, to be honest, I, I relapsed. <laughs> I relapsed on it um for a little while there. I I thought I was making um big progress, like you know, in high school and what. Soon as I got out of high school man, I I dropped straight out of it. I'm like nah nah nah. <laughs> um but I feel as though it's kind of it's come back to me and I feel like um I feel like it, it has been a, a progress of just clearing the muck off my mind and the the muck off the assumptions of, of, of um of the world. So I think I feel like it is a process of kind of undoing. Mm. Nice.
1: Process of undoing. That could be a, it could be a biography title I like that
0: <laughs> The Process of Undoing
1: Process of Undoing by Jacob Bullitt
0: yeah like yeah, I love that it's funny because you know what has I recently just um made a post it would have been about 30 minutes ago and it was the stupidest thing I had ever done on my Instagram. <laughs> like, objectively, it was just a. <laughs> 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 no, it's not sounding good. Hey, um, it was literally, man. It was literally just ten tiles, and it was the story about the stick figure. His name was Clarence, and um, it was funny, man. Like, it was just funny because I just made a bit of a meme, and then the the third last tile. It was just like a mini paragraph of like my deep and meaningful stuff, and then <laughs> I just man, I just totally destroyed it. And you know what? Has like it was crazy, bro. Because I um I hadn't been that authentic or or that risky in a while, and it, it felt buddy good. It felt buddy good, and it's taken me time, but I realized that that's who I am, man. I'm I'm a jokester and. I want to be sharing that more authentically with the world and and it's just been more kind of joyful and it's been a kind of difficult kind of battle Um, but you know here I am and and I feel like the the less fearful I become more real like it's just it's better man life just gets better honestly
1: what's what's stopped you in the past from leaning into that
0: yeah I think um dude it's massively the intense pressures that I put on myself the intense pressures the huge expectations um the social wanting um of social approval and things um and what also are, like, like
1: what, what are some of these sorry I don't mean what are some of these pressures and expectations
0: yeah yeah it was, you know what it was it was like I had to be ultra successful super young um I had to have everything that I wanted right now um, and, and I couldn't, like, I either had to be there and I, I couldn't be exactly where I was, just kind of chilling out, um, vibing out. And it was like, um, every time I'd take a step towards something and start creating something, I would just have an absolute stress and a bit of an anxiety attack and I just completely give it all up because I'd put so much, um, like, oh, I gotta do this now, I gotta do this. I, I I'd literally make a nightmare out of my life. For success, and um, I realize now has that. Um, it's it's what you're it's what you're loving right now. It's if you love what is right now, and you're just relaxed, then you kind of just let that be amplified into the world, and let that be your success. You know what I mean?
1: That hits, man. And it's hard to do. Hey, <laughs> like it's hard to do. Like even for me, I think I'm I'm pretty good at. I I kind of have a foot in both worlds of, um, I do the things that I love and I really do make an effort to, you know, like I go skating most weekends and I, I really lean into my passions and I'm always working on a project. And, um, I, when I'm, you know, when I am, am going for a job or when I'm in a job, um, I always make sure that that job lines up with what I care about like i'm never just taking a job because it looks good or sounds good or, or pays me well um it's always it's always gonna be like <laughs> does this excite me am i motivated by this but with that said i'm also aware too that there's like a huge driver underneath all of those things that like creeps its way in every now and again like this reputation thing of like <laughs> i want people to think of me as being really good like i always want people to think of me as being better than them like that's well, it sneaks into the back of my head. Same. And it's, like, it's kind of terrifying being, like, wow, my subconscious is a real prick. <laughs> <laughs> I, a real egotistical prick.
0: You know, it's so funny because I have a similar thing. Um, but I've started to think about it as my creepy kind of gimpish self. Like, yes. <laughs> like, I just think of it as creepy. Like, oh, yes, I would have been better. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs>
1: You all the time, that was <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> legit, legit. My bad, I don't want to meet this guy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And I think, um, you know, I think originally has I feel I thought that like the being better than everyone else thing was something I had to slay, but I realized that it's kind of just. It's kind of like valuable, it's kind of funny like it's kind of like um if I love that gimpish kind of creepy yes, yeah, kind of like, mm, kind of self um, then it, it kind of just r- chills out, it chills out and I, I kind of come to terms that I do I do want that and then then it has less power, you know what I mean It's kind of like that accepting the shadow sort of thing. Hold on, I don't know. has I think it's um I think the audio is not coming through. Give a second. I would sing some uh some kind of uh waiting music, but I my voice is a little croaky. <laughs> Give a sec. Okay, we're good, we good. We back baby. You
1: can hear me okay?
0: Yes, yes, we're good, we're good.
1: Let's go. <laughs> all right, we're back. Sorry. I had literally like my phone my airports died and then my phone died right away. So <laughs> um that was I mean, that's what I get for fucking for listening to music for like two hours before this thing on the train. So it's I, I, I did it to myself. I'm under <laughs> no illusions that Apple has let me down. <laughs> this is all me. <laughs>
0: Yes, my my gimpish self is saying, you naughty, naughty boy, Harry.
1: <laughs> How dare he interrupt my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, to your point, though, about like you were saying, it's, you know, it's an asset. Um, it is. It is. It's part of what drives me. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, accepting your shadow values is really important, I think. Because if you don't accept your shadow values, you're always just like, believing that you're going to operate from this place of like, you know, being really righteous and and high and mighty. It's like that almost over time is going to like you doing that and thinking that's the only way to exist is only going to feed those shadow values more, but it's not even going to feed the one that you want it to feed. Like it's going to feed judgment and self-criticism. It's going to feed this sense of like, holier than thou arrogance and it's like if my you know if my shadow value is I want to be known as being really like a really good person like that's what it is like I want to be known I want to have the reputation that if I walk into a cafe or a bar somewhere people m- will maybe look at me and be like oh he's really cool. He spoke to my auntie one time and was really nice. Like, it's not like I want to be super powerful and wealthy. It's like I just want to be loved and respected in the community. It's like if Mm. that's my shadow value that I want to, like, have fame of a sort but fame for being a good person, that's way better than having a shadow value of I just want to hate myself for the rest of my life. (laughs) 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 I would much rather lean into that than the other. Well, you know, what, you know what?
0: has. It's funny because I feel like as kids and just in our society, we crucify elements of, of so-called selfishness. We kind of tuck it away. Oh, you shouldn't want this. Oh, you shouldn't feel like that. We make kids feel embarrassed for putting themselves out there. There's the whole shame aspect and element there. And I feel like in a lot of ways... It kind of cuts off something that is just true in humanity it's kind of like i'll only want to see this you know
1: it is yeah and i mean it's also like it's what we're taught right it's not it's not that we're i mean it's partially when you're younger you have a much more narrow view on the world um and that, you know that comes from. Sounds so fucking weird saying that as a twenty-two-year-old. Like I'm not old, <laughs> I am. but um, <laughs> I'm a baby. But like, even even with the frame of reference that I have, I've had experiences of things that I've done in the last four months that I had never done in my life before, and those experiences being so different to what I have done in the past and being brand new have had a contribution in me and how I think about other people doing similar things. Where when I was 16, um, like I vividly remember being a 16, 17 year old and being like, I never want to work a desk job. I now work a desk job. Um, But (laughs) what I perceive as a desk job and what like, if you were to look at my day-to-day, do I sit at the same desk and talk to the same people and type on my keyboard for like 9, 10 hours a day? Like, yes. Like, every now and again, there's something that's like exciting. You know, I'm going to an event or I'm like interviewing a founder. But what what's not seen is like, I actually really enjoy the work that I get to do in that 9, 10 hours. And even though, sure, all it is physically is me typing on my keyboard, it's like, I love the fact that I am constantly being challenged to think of a new idea or a better way to do something. I love the fact that when I walk into the same office every single day, the routine that I so-called hated, having that routine has meant that like, I'm finally getting my fitness on track. I became friends with the concierge of the building. Like I know the guy that runs the cafe in the lobby. Like this is a, through the routine, which I used to dread the idea of, I feel more myself than ever. And it's a strange thing to notice.
0: That's that's freaking cool. I I love that. Isn't it funny how expectations are always smashed and things are always better than what they seem? And, you know, like, I don't know. That's yeah. just awesome.
1: Well, that's it, right? You can have one set of expectations, but it's like how those expectations manifest themselves into the world is out of your hands. And yeah. you got to just play the cards you dealt. And um I guess this kind of goes back to like that decision-making thing we were talking about earlier is like when you, you make a snap decision or do you, do you deliberate on something for a long time? And I often think about things in pathways. Um If I, you know, hypothetically, let's take a look at like, tonight right on the one hand i could have um had take out and, and watched a movie right um and on the other hand tonight like i have done like i meal prepped a bunch of stuff i ate a um, Burrito bowl that I'd frozen (laughs) a couple days ago. And now, like, I'm spending my night like chatting with you and having like these like deep conversations, like, two vastly different experiences of how the night has gone. And when you're making that decision, you're trying to weigh up which one is going to be better for me, which one's going to feel better. But the irony is, like, once you make a decision, I'm not experiencing the other pathway. I'm only feeling and experiencing what I'm feeling and experiencing right now. So at no point right now am I, am I like, oh, should have gotten Takeaway and watched the movies because like, I don't actually know what that would feel like tonight. I'm just making assumptions based on past experience.
0: You know, there's something really special behind that because I always used to think that and had this fear that like, if I do this, then what if I'm missing out and what am I missing out and what am I missing out, I missing out right? But then I, I kind of... um. I kind of had this kind of enlightening moment in the sense that whatever decision I make it, it, it regardless of whether it's the best or not it doesn't matter because you can just learn to love where you're at and if you weren't happy with the decision you can just learn and and you can just choose the one that you love it's kind of like whatever your decision you make you can you can love where you are do do you kind of how do you how do you view that as...
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know if I would have used those words, love where you are, but it is correct. Um, well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Mm,
0: I'm the best. Mm. <laughs>
1: I noticed, I was like, it is correct. And then I was sad, I was like, the voice in the back of my head was like, bro, you're not the arbiter of truth. Like, you don't know <laughs> why you're telling me this is correct. Uh, but, you know, um, mm. <laughs> I, yeah, snapshot into my brain. I, I um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I would have used those words, but I think, especially lately, um, a lot of ups and downs. Recently, um, you know, uh, as as you know, starting a new job, a um, split up with a long time girlfriend, like it's been really difficult. And there's lots of decisions I've made where I've left people behind, and I've left memories behind, and I've left emotions that were all around really quite positive. Um, behind and reconciling those decisions there's a big part of my brain that's like why would you do that you were happy there now you're bit like now you're lonely when you come home now you're in an environment a working environment where like you're just getting to know these new people and you can't you, you don't feel as comfortable being fully yourself now you're in like I used to be able to walk ten minutes to work. Now I have to sit on a train for an hour each way. And like, I think the rationality is always like a, oh, you're missing this. You know, you're missing out on something. You you've lost something. You've let go of something. Or you kicked something out the door. And it's easy to beat yourself up for that. But usually, I'm thinking about that while I'm like walking to the train in the morning. And while I'm thinking about it, I kind of pop out of the thought for a second. I'm like, no matter what this thought is telling me I'm missing out on, I'm still walking to the train. (laughs) yo. I'm still walking to the train to go to work to see these new people. And it's uncomfortable at the moment. Yeah. And that's because it's new and it's fresh and coming home to a house by myself is uncomfortable at the moment and living with, the decisions that I've made that I know have affected others as well is really uncomfortable, but it's the decision I've made. And so it's the decision I'm going to live with. And if this discomfort turns out to be anything more than, uh, it's just a new experience and I'm reconciling things about myself. Like if the discomfort turns out, that's like, Hey, this is actually really the wrong move that will very clearly present itself down the track and I can deal with that then mm. trying to deal with it right now, just cause it's uncomfortable is not a good way of handling it. It's just a way of trying to wriggle out of the discomfort.
0: Wow. You know, Harry, uh, first of all, huge admiration to you, man. You're, you've always had just the, um, just the ability to kind of go with life and, and do things and make decisions and stuff. And, um, Secondly, I think um, what what really struck me about it, what just came to mind, as you are saying, it kind of is like a, um, it sounds like to me like a bit of an an ego death or, or a death before death. And I, I've just kind of, I know that whole stoic thing of like contemplate your death. I always used to think it was kind of useless, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who cares, Very, I'm like, you know what I mean? But I, because I, 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 I used to think like, oh, I'm going to die. Oh, I better rush, 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 do all these things. well oh. But then I kind of sat with it more, and I kind of realized that death just clears all things. All things become irrelevant and equalized, and all things are lost. And it's just like if all things are lost, like what's what's left in life? What 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 would I like to do? Because that's that's the only thing that's left. And so I guess um, I'd like to I'd, I'd like to jump you over to that. Like, and I guess if you could speak to. Um, just living and doing things that you like, living on the edge um, but also if you could speak to like what, what kind of um what kind of got you excited as of recent
1: like you know mm. um, yeah great question I mean to your point yeah an ego death is like the best way to put it um, for the last four years of working at Burn Bright probably you know what like I think because obviously the capacity that I was at Burn Bright changed over the time, like I wasn't full-time, I'm always there. So maybe call it the last two years of working at Burn Bright, Um, which don't get me wrong, absolutely loved every minute of it. Um, And like that place is always going to be a home for me. And those people are always going to be my family. But one thing I definitely noticed was like my life was, Burn Bright and anytime outside of Burn Bright was, was my my girlfriend, or my ex-girlfriend. And there was like little drops of, you know, my hobbies scattered throughout, but they were like, they were things that whenever I talk to someone about them, I talk with all this passion. And people would be like, so how often do you do it? And every fucking time my answer would be, well, I need to do it more, but I don't have the time. Well, I need to do it like It's like, oh yeah, I really want to do more of it. I want to try and get out more and do it more. And it just hit me. It's like, why, like, why am I not, you know? Um, and that was, I mean, that and a bunch of other factors around like my physical health and around like experiencing the next the next challenge and having the next mentor, I suppose is like probably a big reason as to why all of this change has collided all at once. Um, And so what's left after the ego death is like, I, yeah, I come home to an empty apartment all the time. And the, the two options I have are, or three options I have are one sit on the couch and watch TV, which I have done plenty of, don't get me wrong. I've started rewatching Suits and that was a great and a terrible decision. <laughs> time I've seen it. Uh, <laughs> I've been at this point. Um, mm-hmm. The second option is just like sit and ruminate with my thoughts. And I've done a bit of that too, but I'm not a massive fan of it. Um, and that's probably why I need to do it as well. But the third option is get out, you know get out of my apartment and go and do the things that I'm always saying, Oh, I need to do that more. And, um, that stuff, that's actually been kind of addictive, like (laughs) loading my stuff in the car and go on a quick road trip for a weekend. Or like the last three weekends I have been to in the last three weekends, I've been to 11 different skate parks. Oh, yo. <laughs> um, because I was like, you know, like I love skating. Uh, it's something I've loved for a long time. And I was like, I really want to get more back into you know it. Like the weather's getting better. And it's something that it really, like, it, it pushes me, like mentally. Physically, it doesn't push you that hard. Like there's definitely a physical component to it and it can tire you out. But to succeed in skateboarding is all the mental game. And so I was like, I want to challenge myself mentally, but to do that, I was like, I want to make an adventure out of it. So I'm not just going to go to the same skate park I go to every, every day. Um, I'm just going to like, what else is out there? And so, you know, bouncing from place to place. And then you meet a whole bunch of new people and you talk to all these new people and kind of make a friend in the course of half an hour uh, to an hour. And so, you know, skating is one of them and sinking my teeth into creative projects is another. And um, re- Like getting back into reading fiction books instead of just nonfiction. Like really trying to dive back further into the, the the things that excite me and I'm passionate about and that are hobbies of mine and trying to liven up some new ones like surfing as well. So, yeah, to your point, as a long-winded way of saying it, to your point, what's left in the absence of, all the things that my life used to be wrapped up in is time, uh, time and energy, and a general sense of agitation that's enough to get me off my ass. Huh. But what ex- what's exciting me right now, um, honestly, very good conversation is what's really exciting me right now. Like, I've just found in the last, um, I think being in a whole new environment and like meeting new coworkers and meeting people who are in the industry but aren't coworkers it's like one of the ways I've tried to get over this imposter syndrome is to just get to know everyone really well. <laughs> so I'm just like trying to set up set up coffees all the time or set up Zoom calls um and being intentionally personable like not just trying to like push my agenda, not just trying to be like, here's the thing I'm looking for out of this. But instead, like, you know, if someone mentions something about how they have kids, like ask about their kids, like hear what's going on in their world. And when you do that, it just, it removed this barrier of, of I'm on one side and you're on the other. Um, and it's been cool. Because then that's that gives you the leeway to go, you know, to go deeper and really figure out someone's story. And so that's something I'm really excited about, and I'm excited to go deeper into that as well. With, um, yeah, kind of my own my own show of sorts, um, just the way to meet people I find really interesting and pick their brains and figure out how they did certain things. And yeah, if not for any other reason than to project my thoughts onto someone else <laughs> and <laughs> and see if see if I'm the crazy one or if we're all crazy.
0: <laughs> wow, has I am I am truly if, if by the way, if y'all don't know, has is coming out with a podcast soon and Harry is going to be interviewing some incredibly heavy hitters, having awesome conversations and I would highly recommend. I oh, already I know it's, like it's gonna be amazing. Much yeah. love, much love. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: now I've actually got to make the thing out there in the world. <laughs> hey. hey, now, now that you said it, i have actually going to make the thing. Yeah,
0: man, right. you're, you're now leveraged to yeah. the audience.
1: How do even start on, go Harry,
0: for the viewers, for the viewers, you got to yeah. go for the viewers.
1: <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Jacob Bullis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I you know has what really just struck me, and it was a book that you just reminded me of. I think it's the most beautiful. And lovely little volume. It's like one of those cheesy kind of um, business uh, fiction, like life lesson stories. Mm-hmm. It's called um, The Go Giver. And one of the most beautiful, um, yeah, it's really awesome. I'm, okay. I'm, I'll have to like send you a copy or send you something or send you a link or anything. Um, and dude, one of the five laws of stratospheric success, they call it, is that your influence. Your your ability to influence another is determined by the amount that you care for for them. Like, it, like like the the ability, like the influence you have of other, is, is basically your level of of selflessness, and and um and it, it's funny because it it its whole purpose, like you know how there's the go getters, the go getters, right? Well, its its thing, clever thing was become a go giver. Give so much love and value and connection and care to the world. And that is the ultimate pathway to success. And what I would like to ask you has around, um, cause it kind of struck me and I think you've, we've talked about it before about connection, networking, and, and, um, and just kind of living a, a thriving and prosperous life. Like what, what is, what is that, that aspect of, of genuinely caring and connecting?
1: Yeah. Um, I hate networking with an agenda. Mm. Like I hate, I, you know, and like I have a general aversion to sales as well. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those people that thinks that like anyone who's a salesperson is like, uh, is a snake. Like sales is an incredibly important thing. The reason why I hate it is I hate talking to someone feeling like I need to get something out of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: mm-hmm. And so I often, um, I often, you know, and I've got some work to do on that as well because there's many times where I need to have those conversations um, and I like underprice myself a bunch of times because of that <laughs> as well. But that's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my general thesis on networking is be interested not interesting and um i need to remind myself of that a lot Um i'm actually getting a tattoo on my arm of a question mark to remind myself of that because my <laughs> default mode can be to just start talking about myself and then i see people's eyes glass over and i'm like oh fuck i've, I've bored the shit out of them again like, <laughs> uh, bro, that's I need to come back to reality and realize like there's more than me in this room. Um, and so, yeah, I think when it comes to networking and connections, it's like, don't be afraid to be the one that's on the front foot and always assume the best. Um, if you message someone and you're like, Hey, let's go get a coffee and they just don't respond. Don't straight away be like, oh, they ghosted me. They're like, they must think they're so much better than me. They're a shit person. It's like, if they're anything like me, they just check their messages like once a fortnight. Like, (laughs) 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 they haven't read it yet. Like, give them a break. Or maybe they're stupidly busy and they're like, oh, I should do something about that. And as we have all done in the past, they're like, they think of an answer and then just don't type it. Like, yes, just like forget in, something pops up like your oven's on fire and you're like oh fuck i need to do this like there's no like but assume the best in people unless you are directly proven wrong always assume the best and yeah i think if you can be interested assume the best and be on the front foot around like people are going to find it hard to have a conversation with you that is casual and interesting and feels effortless if you are not making it like if you are not showing up to that conversation in a way that shows like hey i'm happy for you to be casual with me i'm happy for you to speak about your life with me and i'm happy to speak about my life it's like if you want to have a great conversation be prepared to turn up as a great conversationalist um and don't don't assume that other people are gonna do the work for you. Like you've gotta you've gotta be just as much there for the conversation as the other person is because otherwise you're you're both gonna have this separate dialogue running in your head of this person is not interested and so I don't know how to act. And it's like you're both thinking that and you both want to connect, but no one has laid the groundwork of like here's how we interact as two people <laughs> Yeah, but, like be on the be on the front foot like sometimes that's really simple it's about like be the first person to put your hand out for a handshake or to go from fist bump or like when you first say hi to someone um, and I tend to do this a lot from catching up with someone for coffee this is just a little trick I've learned over the years having to introduce myself to new people is like don't start with hi, I am insert your name here. Um, you can, but like if you see someone walking towards you and like, you notice something about them, like you're, I I caught up with a guy who is a absolute great human, someone you should probably get on the podcast. Actually, his name's Jackson Miller and, um, Mm -hmm. He has like a, it's a bit of like a trademark for him, like a pink blazer, uh, like a pink blazer. And we caught up for coffee. He's from the Gold Coast and he was down in Sydney and we caught up for coffee and he was wearing the pink blazer. And so like, rather than it being like, hey, how are you? Um, it was like, I saw him from afar and I was like, like, kind of like threw my hands up in the air and I was like, yo, pink blazer, Like, like it's real. <laughs> and like... And then from there, the conversation just, just happened. It just happened on its own accord. Um, and I, yeah, I couldn't tell you how we, how we moved from that first line to being able to talk about the, the intricacies of the journey as a lone founder for him or for figuring out his, his pathway, but it just happened. Um, so that was a long, a long answer to, to your question, but long short of it is like be interested set the tone and just have the balls to to lay down the groundwork of what you want that relationship to be and like the fear on the other hand of that is like if I come in super excited and this person's not excited then I'm going to look like an idiot and it's like well yes but like to who you know you come in super excited about a conversation and they're not excited at all, and they are like really bringing down the mood. It's like is that really someone that you wanna like do you want to have a great conversation with? <laughs> you know like then if if they're not there for it, then they're not there for it. that's cool
0: yeah, that's um I'm starting to think like even just um like conversation is such a um is such a reflection of life and how we view ourselves and how we relate with others. Um, For a while there, I used, to, I used to talk, talk way too much in conversation. And then for a while, I would just kind of listen, listen way too much. Like as in, like it would be kind of neurotic. And then I kind of just kind of realized, and this is just kind of recent, that just dumb ass humor is so <laughs> fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... It just, I I realized that like people, you know what, Harry, this has been my journey, man. It's been a tragic journey because (laughs) I I realized people don't care really about the deep stuff as, as much as, like people do care, right? But most people don't. But laughter, being a complete dumbass and just kind of disarming yourself and being authentic is the pathway that opens up. The deeper things, and I think there's a lot to be said about just being interest, laying that groundwork of taking it easy and just, you know, being being that, and and the richness that comes out of a conversation. And Harry, I, I want to ask you, what what is it, like, what is it about conversations for you? Like, what what is the juice there? Why are they such hot, sexy mummers?
1: Yeah, um, I would love the answer to that question as well. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't know. I, you know, it's strange because I've spent so much of my life looking for like, what's my, what's my purpose? Um, (laughs) What's my, what's my one thing for for the audio listeners and using air quotes when I say purpose? (laughs) Like, uh, you know, I don't really have a purpose. I don't know if anyone has a purpose, so to speak. I think we have a series of different, reasons why we do things and motivators and drivers. But one thing, my entire life, for as long as I can remember, I have loved falling into a just a deep conversation. Um, You know, and that's not to say that the conversation has to, like, when I say deep, I don't mean that the deep, like, it's about, like, mm-hmm trauma you had as a child or it's about it's about like the you know the the health benefits of contemporary buddhism like i'm not i'm not (laughs) meaning it has to be like that type of deep and you know if it goes there by it on its own on its own pathway then like sick let's let's go there but a deep conversation in the sense of you've been in it for 45 minutes and you didn't even realize Hmm. that's what I like it's gone it's taken on It's a life of its own um and I've always loved that and I've probably just inherited that from my mum because she absolutely loves that too and the two of us are dangerous when when we're whenever I go back home and I'm talking to her you know we'd like it'd be like two o'clock in the morning and we're still chatting <laughs> 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 um and so I've just always inherited that, and I've never shied away from a from a conversation like that. Um, and they just, you know, they they switch switch me on. Like when I'm when I find myself in a conversation like that, that's when I feel like I'm really, you know, I'm there. So, what's the like? Wh- why do I love it? It's like honestly, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I just know that. I've always searched for things that feel right and natural and the irony behind it is this one was staring me in the face for the longest time and it's something I absolutely love to do.
0: Wow. That's um that's phenomenal. And you know, it's funny has because I always find myself um in that deep conversational place with you anytime we hang out sort of thing. I uh, can I just I'd like to just quickly Google the etymology of of conversation.
1: Yeah. See. Question. Would you like yeah, yeah. Got a friend of mine who's actually the guy I'm interviewing tomorrow. Um and he is an absolute wizard with etymology. He just knows so much about it.
0: Wow. There there is something really powerful about etymology. It's it's got a weird effect. Let's see if this has the effect. But a conversation um It means, in in the middle English, and it's in the sense of living among familiarity and intimacy.
1: Living among familiarity and intimacy. Yeah. I love that.
0: Isn't that like we're living among each other right now? Isn't that just beautiful?
1: Yeah. With familiarity and intimacy. That's very true, right? Like, familiarity time passes conversation takes on a life of like when you're familiar with something what happens is you care less about you right like when you're like when you come home to your house are you thinking about how i interact with this environment like no you just you know where the light switches are you walk through the door the same way you have like your own little quirks like you're your conscious identity kind of goes out the window because you no longer need it. You're familiar. You're in a place that's familiar. Ooh, that's big, actually. It's the same thing with people. And so, yeah, I think I like that idea of like it's familiarity and intimacy because it's I can get to know this other person, like really get to know this other person, but do so in a way where I'm not carrying my own identity consciously through it as well well
0: that's really profound that is that is probably the most exciting insight that I really love that one because you know how there's that whole thing about like you know when people are in love like when I'm with you I feel like I can do anything that love that safety I feel like in this way a deep conversation which is like someone where it's really familiar you got that safety that connection is one that takes limits away from your mind and opens you up to possibility. And and I think you know in that way, a conversation can change a life. Just like us conversing now, what we're creating for each other, mm. it, it's gonna it's already impacted me. It's gonna impact both of us. We've we've shared it and created it, and and it will then go on to impact um the world in in us like in what we do, and obviously because we recorded it, whoever joins in and, and listens in. We'll, we'll be a part of
1: that as well shout out to the listeners
0: yeah shout out to the listeners what's happening what's happening we <laughs> yeah, love
1: buy you a real G, i'll buy you a coffee yeah i'll buy everyone a coffee <laughs> <laughs> yeah this goes on to have ten thousand views and i go broke <laughs> yeah, bro. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah disclaimer disclaimer
0: jacob jacob quoted 2022 i'll buy everyone coffee oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: <man. laughs> Yeah, man. No, it's it's. You're right, though. Conversation. I think it's um underrated because because we take it for granted. But it's yeah, it's it's got it's got power. Real power.
0: I I one last thing that on the conversation thing because this has just been quite beautiful. I really love this insight. What is it? What is it? That promotes safety in a dialogue. Like, what is it that creates that familiarity and intimacy? How do we get there?
1: Ooh, um I think it's like a like people test boundaries, right? To know. So, like, you. It's firstly, it's like I think that there is a level of free flowingness you can create in conversation which actually like free flowingness in conversation comes from good question asking right like if you ask good questions consistently and you're always like you're not letting there be like a, a beat or a gap or a pause before that question comes it's like conversation just can just continues um and over time we associate that with familiarity because I stop thinking about myself and I start thinking about the questions you're asking me. And then I think to then take it to the next level and introduce a piece of this conversation that's around vulnerability. Um, I think it has to be led by someone like it doesn't ha- sorry, it doesn't have to be, but I think successfully and to create a safe place for that to happen with consistency, I think it has to be led by someone. So like, if I'm having a conversation with you and I can, for example, I can see that something's on your mind. Um, What I would do if, if I can see that something's on your mind and I am trying to create a space in which you can feel comfortable talking about it. I would first off make sure that the way that I'm listening and the way that I'm responding to you is fully active. Eye contact I'm engaged, I'm leaning in, not checking my phone, not thinking about what else to do. Second thing is, as the conversation goes, like, you want to like dip in and out. Like give little nudges where you're like, yeah, we can go a little bit deeper here. And then, like, as soon as I've gone a little bit deeper, throw in a joke, like not something that's going to make fun of what's going on for them, but something that's like very clearly like a light joke. And it's going to just bump the mood back up a bit. And you like do that over time. And you kind of get like a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. And then if you really want them to like give up the nugget, (laughs) (laughs) you gotta like, you gotta front up, right? Like I can't, I can't be out here being like, tell me your secrets. And then they're like, here are all my secrets and you're like, cool, thanks. <laughs> like, that's not fair. Like it is someone in a conversation, especially if it's someone who is, you know, relatively new, like I don't know them that well, you got to build rapport and you got to show them that you're willing to trust them with the same stuff. Because if you aren't willing to trust them with it, why are they going to trust you with it? Mm-hmm. And even beyond that too, it's like, if you take trust out of the question, it's also a matter of like, people are so worried about burdening other people with what's going on in their lives. But if you show them that it's fine to quote unquote burden them, which it's not a burden at all. Like ask any of your friends if something's going on that they want to know. But if you show them that it's okay to talk about that thing, then then, and that you're willing to have a conversation about something within that vein then it's going to be a hell of a lot easier for them to be like, well, actually this has been going on for me rather than it being like, you're talking about tacos and and they're like, yeah, by the way, I got divorced last week. Like like (laughs) really like to jump contrasts like that. And if you don't know someone that well, it's a real like, yeah, it's, it's almost impossible. But if you can, you can lay framework and groundwork with rapport and, and examples and, just show someone that you care you know it's funny
0: because what kind of comes to me is that it almost seems like from that model of kind of i love i love how you said like that that beautiful kind of kind of wave it's almost like you're, you're seduct you're seducing each other into authenticity yeah <laughs> you like know, bringing each other closer and down into it yeah. And that's, that's kind of, I, I really, I really love that. And I, I must reveal Harry that I've been seducing you this whole time. Oh, yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's there, right? It's like, that's also why, um, moments of vulnerability around someone else, when you are sharing parts about your story or things about who you are that you previously haven't shared with someone else is like, that can often be really confused for like the emotional connection you develop with someone in that there can really be confused for a romantic connection mm. um, quite easily because your brain tries to connect the dots backwards and rationalize it. and It's like, wow, I really trusted this person with this information. I must really like them. <laughs> yeah. so it's like maybe you do. Or maybe they were just a really good
0: facilitator. Hold on, hold on, wait, Harry. Are you telling me this isn't a romantic conversation?
1: <laughs> oh, this is this one with us the dude. Oh, oh, This is like, sexy. But We established that long ago. So. <laughs> <Okay>. All right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sexy, sexy. <laughs> he was a sexy guy. Um. Yeah. No. That's that's really cool. I think what I learned from that it was just like, oh yeah, like authenticity. It's probably that vulnerability piece of get into that truth and sharing and stuff and I really I really love that that's really cool and you know what came to me as well Um, and it kind of been it's been a bit of a challenge for me and I'm kind of still learning it is that what if like sales was just a really enjoyable conversation what if we really didn't need anything and what if it was just about getting clarity to whether they really want it yes or no and I think I've heard this sort of idea before but I feel like, dude, if that was life, and if 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 conversations, if it was about like conversations, if sales were conversations, if marketing was a conversation, if leadership with yourself was kind of a conversation, then like, you know, that's pretty g, man. Like, if because conversations are fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, they are. They are. Um, we've just overcomplicated it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, sales has just been—it's become overcomplicated with like sales frameworks, and and then you've also got to like I think a lot of the reason why salespeople aren't just having this really genuine conversation is they're like, you know, these conversations take time, um, and if you're trying to have one of these conversations and your boss is looking over your shoulder and looking at his watch and being like, you've been talking to this one client for 45 minutes. And then this client's like, actually, no, I don't need the product. And you're like, cool. And you like, you don't, you don't fight for it. Again, air quotes, because they don't, they don't need the product. (laughs) Then your boss is like, why the fuck did you just waste 45 minutes? You know, blah, blah, blah. You're not going to hit your commission targets, blah, blah, blah. So we've just overcomplicated. Um, Marketing is the same, right? Marketing is a conversation; should be a conversation. Um, it's just that we do a lot of talking and not a lot of listening, and we're not good at finding ways to listen to lots of people authentically. Wow, that's
0: that's freaking big! Like this, this is really cool because, like, it seems as though if all of these things are conversations like all these areas we've kind of been talking about then the same principles of conversation apply and and i love what you said interested versus interesting and i think i think maybe the possibility if 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 we can become more interested less about ourselves less needing of self then it all just becomes more joyful and like more more thriving that that's kind of exciting um, prospect for me you know
1: yeah and me too and you know if all these things are conversations like that's great because I like conversations <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> um, I would I would ask as, as this kind of of the closing note of our our wonderful undulating conversation um what what is it what is the nugget what is the, the thing on your heart that you would like to express to the world what would be that message?
1: Um, oof, there's a lot on there at the moment, but I think they all come back to this one idea, which is like everything you do right now, good or bad, embarrassing or not, is just another part of your story. <laughs> and when you do something today, no matter how fantastic it is or how terrible it goes. Tomorrow you're going to wake up and it's going to be have like, it'll be the thing that you did yesterday and it's part of your story. Wow. And you might learn something from it. You might not learn something from it. You might regret it. You might wish that you could do it every other day. Either way, it's something you did and away you go. Damn, bro.
0: That hit deep. That hit deep. That's a bit of ego death for me. Yeah. Kill <laughs> that fucking ego. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, ego death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hi. It has been a true, true, really true pleasure having this conversation with you. Um, Really, really thoroughly enjoyed it and I... I'm really excited about that whole conversation thing and what what's kind of emerged from our conversation. Um, has how would someone how would someone reach you if they if they want to reach you? Obviously, they can message me. But how would someone reach you these days?
1: Has um, yeah, I mean, I'm on I'm on the socials, bro. Uh, I am. You can message me any which way you like, whether that's um, you know Instagram is. It's Harry Steer. So like ITS. It's Harry Steer. Same as Twitter. LinkedIn is my name, Harry Steer. And uh, <laughs> you'll you'll know it's me if you see a smiling ginger in the photo. That's me. <laughs> um, but otherwise, you know, I have a portfolio site that's uh, well, uh ha- harrysteer.au. So like I don't know, there's a million different one, mil- million different ways you can reach me. But yeah. I'm always, always open to chat to absolutely anyone for, literally as as long as you'll let me. So, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll I'll talk until you say, "All right, bro, you did it." I I gotta go. Um, no. So, so yeah. Um, if you just want to have a good conversation, or if you want to grab a coffee and you're around in Sydney, um, hit me up. Hit hit that boy up, everyone, and uh,
0: yeah, man, really, really awesome. Really grateful for this um, chat. And uh, we will say now peace out to the audience. See you, audience. Thank you. Adios.